Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 138. The network effect isn't good enough by Nir Eyal and Sanjeet Paul Chaudhry with nearandfar.com. And I'm your host and narrator. My name is Dan and a very happy Monday to you. Hope your week is off to a terrific start. This is where I read to you from some of the best blogs on entrepreneurship. For now, let's get right to our post as we optimize your life. The Network Effect Isn't Good Enough by Nir Eyal and Sanjeet Paul Chaudhry with nearandfar.com. If there is one altar at which Silicon Valley worships, it's the shrine of the holy network effect. Its mystical powers pluck lone startups from obscurity and elevate them to fame and fortune. The list of anointed ones includes nearly every technology success story of the past 15 years. Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, eBay, and PayPal have each soared to multi-billion dollar valuations on the supreme power of the network effect. But today, the power of the network effect is fading, at least in its current incarnation. Traditionally defined as a system where each new user on the network increases the value of the service for all others, a network effect often creates a winner-takes-all dynamic, ordaining one dominant company above the rest. Moreover, these companies often wield monopoly-like powers over their industries. In the beginning, once all a company needed to do to leverage the network effect was facilitate communication between a critical number of customers. If enough people used a particular system to exchange information, a leader would emerge and become the de facto platform. Companies who could either form a marketplace or facilitate the flow of information between parties became tremendously powerful as central hubs of data transfer. In fact, the first network effect platform was Bell Telephone, which established a government-sanctioned monopoly nearly 100 years ago. Since then, successful network effects businesses have sung from essentially the same hymnal. First, establish a medium of communication by building the required infrastructure or inventing a new technology. For example, lay down telephone wires from coast to coast. Then provide access to the network to improve the ease of information transfer, say by selling fax machines. Finally, race to grow the user base before competing services do. If you get bigger faster than your competitors, voila, you're inside the pearly gates. Rapture. That's the plan, at least. But today, things are not quite so simple. For one, in the old days, consumers paid to access the network through their upfront investment in hardware. These upfront costs locked users into the network, and once they were in, they were in for good, thus erecting barriers to entry for would-be competitors. However, the cost of providing access to the network has fallen precipitously. The days of customers buying expensive hardware to use a network are gone, as is the correlating lock-in effect. Converts. In addition to access costs falling to zero, another key component of what once kept users locked into a network has vanished. Once, porting contacts onto a new network, like switching instant messaging services from Yahoo to AIM, was a non-trivial task. Today, however, customers use their Facebook, Twitter, or Google profiles to join a new service in seconds. 
A burgeoning network, take Instagram or Pinterest, can leverage the single sign-on enabled by the social graph to reach critical mass faster than ever before. Users not only port their personal information, but bring their connections as well. In the age of the social web, the convenience of the social graph has largely toppled the lock-in that once kept users bound to one network over another. Tending the flock. Without the upfront investment in physical hardware and users' newfound ability to port personal information and contacts, how is a company to retain its users? Is the network effect's ability to lock in users dead? Hardly. The power to leverage the network effect now resides in stored value. Unlike network access costs, stored value is investment that comes in small increments with repeated use, increasing the importance of the service the more a user engages with it. Stored value. Stored value comes in four forms, and companies leverage these tiny investments to build lock-in to their service and retain users. One, creative content. For instance, Pinterest, Facebook, or Instagram. Users invest in creating a portfolio of creative content, which forms the basis of their interactions on the platform. The quality and quantity of the content results in more interactions with other users, which in turn provides greater value to the content creator. Two, reputation. TaskRabbit, Airbnb, and Stack Overflow. Although marketplaces for physical goods, such as eBay, have been around for some time, services marketplaces have grown in popularity lately. Trust is an important component of this new breed of network effects business. As a result, reputation built on the platform directly contributes to greater value for all users. Building reputation on a platform requires consistent delivery of highly related services and may also involve qualifying for some minimum criteria set forth by the platform. Hence, once a service provider builds reputation on a platform, it prevents her from migrating to a competing platform. Three, usage data. Users store value in the form of data, either by actively collecting information, such as in the case of Dropbox or Reddit, or passively as their usage improves the service by offering more relevant information, such as is the case with Quora, which delivers a personalized news feed based on usage. The more a user consumes information through the platform, the more intelligent the algorithm becomes in recommending pertinent content to the user. In both cases, the data set built by or for the user delivers greater value with increased usage, something that won't directly be available on a competing platform. And four, influence. For instance, Twitter or YouTube channel subscriptions. Networks that utilize a one-sided follow model create an influence dynamic. Unlike importing contacts or friending people, collecting followers is largely outside the direct control of the user. With the exception of sketchy tactics banned by the Twitter terms of service, accruing more Twitter followers can only be done by tweeting content others find interesting enough to share. As the user's follower count grows, so does the stored value in the network and the incentive to stay actively engaged. Keys to the kingdom. Creating a network effect is not what it used to be. Today, stored value created by the users reinforces the power of the network effect to retain users and grow market share. This dynamic makes creating user habits all the more important, as investments of stored value only occur through successive passes through the user experience. With the portability of the social graph and the fall of upfront costs to join a network, companies must leverage new ways of acquiring and retaining users, rather than just the network effect. Business models that leverage a network effect plus stored value hold the keys to the kingdom. 
You just listened to the post titled The Network Effect Isn't Good Enough by Nir Ayal and Sanjeet Paul Chaudhry with nearandfar.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com startup. So just go to indeed.com startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to Nir for giving us permission to narrate his work on our shows. His name and site are both spelled N-I-R, by the way. And the post today here on Optimal Startup Daily was co-authored with Sanjeet, who analyzes business models for network businesses. His work on platforms has been selected by Harvard Business Review as one of the top 10 management ideas globally for 2016 to 2017. Sanjeet is the co-chair of the MIT Platform Strategy Summit at the MIT Media Labs and is a frequent keynote speaker. And you can find him online at platformthinkinglabs.com. There is a blog there along with his bio and a lot more. And as for Nier, you can get a download of his bonus 80-page workbook full of exercises and activities to help you become indistractable. And that is also the name of his book that's worth checking out. It's all about controlling your attention and choosing your life. So for that, come by nearandfar.com. And again, near is spelled N-I-R. But that's gonna do it for today. Thanks as always for listening and being a subscriber of the show. Have a great start to your week and I'll be back with you tomorrow where I'll have a post from Ryan Hoover and where your optimal life awaits.